You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Friday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. This is our fifth episode of the week, and we'll be back next week, Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about Iowa Hawkeye athletics, including a lot of draft coverage. We have a special guest coming on to talk about the NFL draft. We also possibly have an Iowa recruit coming on as well. We'll make sure to drop that information once we have solidified that interview, though, for next week. But on today's show, we have a big-time transfer into the University of Iowa. Philippe Rebracca has transferred from University of North Dakota. He's going to be joining the Iowa Hawkeyes basketball program with two years of eligibility. So on today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about him and what this means for the Iowa basketball team and what their lineup combinations could look like. On segment number three, we're going to get into a few of the offers that Iowa has extended both on the football side and the basketball side. And the women's team has lost one of their recruits from last year. She has decided to transfer out. We're going to cover all that on the show today. If you do love the show, please make sure to follow us wherever you downloaded this episode at and find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And also just a quick plug, I know I posted on our social media accounts yesterday that we are looking for a social media person. Um, I'll be reaching out to all of you today. Um, We did find a person. It kind of worked out a little bit interesting. It was actually um, our our former co-host who did a phenomenal job at the social media previously. I didn't think he would want to come back and do it just because he's so busy, but he did. So he'll be, he'll be joining the program, but we, I am very interested in some of you who've reached out to me. I'll be reaching out to you to see if you have some other desires to work within the the show and whatnot and help out a little bit for, for some pay. So I'll be reaching out to you all today. So I do appreciate, appreciate the love and support and, and the willingness to help out with the locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Let's get into the conversation though. Felipe Braca has joined the Iowa Hawkeyes. And that was some desperately good news that we needed. This week has been hellacious. Um, Iowa fans somewhat battling back and forth. Kentucky fans being about as annoying as every Kentucky fan typically is. And obviously the CJ Frederick drama has been the center of that. We've talked a lot about the CJ Frederick drama on the show. I don't want to talk about it anymore today because it is all positivity here because for, for bleep, Philippe Rebracca has committed to the University of Iowa from University of North Dakota. It really He got a lot of offers coming out of University of North Dakota with two years of eligibility left. Quite a few schools wanted him. And he said, he's basically, I'm going to tell you why he chose Iowa, but also tell you a little bit about what he was looking for when he decided to enter the transfer portal. He said, my decision will come down to three things. Academically, I need a program that offers my master's degree in person because I'm an international student. Second, I want to go to a program that has a history of winning and a culture of winning. And third, I want to play on the biggest stage and go to March Madness. Lastly, a team that can help develop my perimeter skills even more. I feel like I took a big step this year, but I want a team that will allow me to grow in that aspect and see the vision I have for myself. So, Big time stuff getting him here. And here's what he said when he actually chose Iowa. The reason I chose Iowa is because of the combination of culture, coaches, and the team. They do things the right way. And I want to be a part of that. Not saying Minnesota doesn't, but I think Iowa is a better overall fit. And I couldn't agree more. So that is absolutely awesome that he has joined the Iowa Hawkeyes. Last year, he shot 36.6% from three, averaged 16.8 points per game, and 7.6 rebounds 
per game for the University of North Dakota Fighting Hawks. Again, two years of eligibility left, but he's not just an offensive weapon. He's actually eighth in program history in blocks. So he adds a little bit more length down low at six foot nine. He is giving Iowa a big man that they desperately need. And he was second team all summit league last year. So from my perspective, him coming to Iowa means that he is going to be a focal point of that offense. He is going to be a big time player and is in my opinion, going to be starting, but that leaves a lot of interesting lineup combinations. How does he fit here? I think the first and foremost thing is that Iowa has been typically known in the Fran McCaffrey era, especially the last couple of years, to have some really big-time shooters. And with the departure of potentially Jordan Bohannon, with the departure of C.J. Frederick and Joe Wieskamp and Luka Garza, you're losing four guys who can hit threes at an above-average clip, above 40% consistently especially at the guard spot behind them, we don't have those guys who can shoot the three ball very well. So having a big man who also fills that three-point spot is going to be huge for Iowa. Um, I don't see that developing ever for Joe Toussaint. I don't see it developing necessarily for Tony Perkins or Aaron Euless, or at least so far it has not. So that's the one thing to note is that we finally have a couple couple guys now can shoot the ball. Keegan Murray is a guy who can shoot the ball very well. He just needs his opportunities to. Um, but that if you're looking at a starting lineup, that's where it gets a bit interesting for how they try to utilize these weapons because as we talked about, I think it was yesterday, Keegan Murray is a guy who is getting buzz as a first-round pick. You do not bench him. You have to start him. But there's some interesting pockets of depth that we have, especially at that small forward kind of stretch four position. You got Patrick McCaffrey. You, you honestly have Connor McCaffrey as well. You got Keegan Murray. You got Chris Murray. And now you got Philippe Bracca. But I do believe Fran McCaffrey will be able to handle that well. That is not my concern at all. But coming up on segment number two, we're going to talk a little bit about what those lineup combinations will look like. Because to me, that's, that's going to be a very interesting dynamic. Um, but where does Iowa go from here? Before we get into lineup combinations, where do they go from here? Well, they still have a couple open scholarships. Jordan Bohannon's scholarship does not count against them. Obviously, Riley Mulvey, if Jordan Bohannon returns, Riley Mulvey coming in is going to be huge. But Iowa still has some open spots, and I think they need to land a shooter at one of those guard spots. I have no problem with Joe Toussaint running the point or Aaron Euless. I have no problem with Tony Perkins at that shooting guard spot, but it would be phenomenal to have a guy who can hit at a higher clip than those guys from three. And especially, you know, because we have Connor McCaffrey as the other real kind of point guard on the team. We need some people who can shoot threes that are not just our big men. We need them to be able to stretch it out a little bit, stretch out the defenses. Um, and obviously you're going to do that with your big men, but having guards who can shoot, um, forces the defense to come out as opposed to collapse into the paint and then focus on our big man who might be down there as well. So that's going to be huge. I think Iowa needs to hit the transfer portal to find another guy. As we get more information, I'm sure Iowa's going to be start, starting to be connected to a few guys going forward. And we'll also try to look at the transfer portal and see you know, who are some of the guys on here that Iowa should be targeting. Again, Fran talked about it before. He wants to find guys that fit the system, fit the culture, and preferably have a relationship with them. And it's at a position of need. So when you think of relationship with them, you want to find guys that they have worked with before, that they have recruited before. Felipe Bracca not necessarily fitting that criteria of having that relationship, but definitely a big-time need and really fitting that offense. But when you're looking at that guard spot, you're going to really want to target and focus in on some of those guys who Iowa is very familiar with. So that's going to be interesting to see how that all works out and if they're able to land a shooting guard. Not a shooting guard, but a guard who can shoot. Um, that'll be huge if Iowa wants to continue to be a 
big-time team in the Big Ten. Coming up on segment number two, we're going to get into the possible lineup com- com- combinations. Excuse me. Wow. Can't speak today. And before we do that, though, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, and college basketball is also over, but the NBA, NHL, and MLB are in full swing. But it's not just about sports at BetOnline.ag. They even cover awards, TV shows, and reality television. Real-time updated odds and props and almost anything you can imagine, BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. That's right, you get a 50% welcome bonus and a free account at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, the NFL Draft is right around the corner, and this year the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch a live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. The first day is going to be a little bit unexciting for Iowa fans. I Davian Nixon is not going in the first round, despite what people had previously projected early on um, in December and late or early in January. He has definitely slipped again. We've talked about that before. But going on day two and day three, there's going to be a lot of Iowa guys going off the board, at least four to five in my opinion, and possibly more. We'll talk about that as well um, as we get closer to that time frame. But I'm excited for this draft coverage show. The NFL draft has become so much a, so much of a spectacle on ESPN. They oftentimes don't even talk about the players, and that's what I love to see with with the Locked On NFL Draft podcast and the Locked On Podcast Network kind of doing all of that on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch that. So let's get into the talk, though, about basketball in segment number two. What are these lineup combinations? And I'm just spitballing here. There are a lot of things that Iowa can really do. There's a lot of interesting lineup combinations they can have. When I think about what Fran McCaffrey wants to do, though, on a day in and day day in and day out basis, you got to put your best players in the court and get them the most amount of minutes. Now we've seen at the, in the past Nicholas Bayer be a very successful sixth man, but I don't see a guy like that. I just I I can't see it. I, I think Keegan Murray could probably fit that mold a little bit, but Iowa needs his playmaking abilities in that starting lineup on the court when they tip off. So when I look at this. If I purely just want to put the top players on the court, in my personal opinion, right, the top players at each position, um, I would put Joe Toussaint, Tony Perkins, Patrick McCaffrey, Keegan Murray, and Felipe Bracca. Now, that's a bit of a small ball lineup, but Kofi Coburn is likely gone. Liam Robbins is gone. Luca Garza, obviously, is at Iowa, but he's also gone. There's not as many teams in the Big Ten that have a lot of big men that are going to really dominate that kind of a lineup. And we've seen teams be successful without having a big man. Look at what Ohio State did. Now, Ohio State had some kind of thick big men, right? Um, Penn State did not have a lot of big men, but they had some thick big men down low. Thick, small big men, I should say. That is a lineup that could win some games. And look at what Oregon did to Iowa. Iowa had Luka Garza, yet Oregon had no one over six foot six, six foot seven, and they were able to dominate that game. So I think Fran's going to look at that, and you want to put your best players in the court. Now, the interesting thing here is the Patrick McCaffrey versus Connor McCaffrey talk. And personally, I just don't see the value of Connor in that starting lineup with that group. Now, I'm not one of those guys who thinks Connor is not a good player. I think Connor has some value and can be a very solid player, but I don't see it with that starting lineup. I really like the combination of athleticism and shooting ability with that starting lineup. I think Patrick McCaffrey's three-point shot will fall. Patrick McCaffrey was a very interesting case last year. I felt like he 
when you watch his games, they looked a lot better than what would show up in the stat box. He's a very athletic guy. He can get to the rim. His shots were seemingly close. They just weren't falling, right? So that, that to me was very interesting watching Patrick McCaffrey last year. And I think he's going to continue to improve that. He's a better shooter than that. This year, for example, or this past year, he shot 30% from three, 44% from the field. I think he can improve on both of those numbers. I think he can improve from three. He's going to definitely work on that. I have no doubt about that. And again, just capitalizing when he got to the rim, I think he can do a better job there. Joe Toussaint and Patrick have a really good relationship. They work well in the court, and I think you can add Keegan Murray to that as well. Defensively, that lineup would be pretty darn good. Now, we've seen Patrick get a little bit lost in zone at times. We talked to Bakari Evelyn about that. He said it's just a young guy, you know, just not realizing where he's at in the court. With Keegan, Tony P, and Joe T, and uh, Patrick McCaffrey and Philippe, that is a solid very athletic and agile lineup that can cover most or can guard most teams. And I would really like to see that. Now, again, Philippe, probably more of a four, definitely more than a four. He's not really a true five. Keegan, I would actually prefer to have more of a, he's probably a big three, small four. PMAC is definitely a three. Tony P is definitely a two. Joe T is one. So you're playing a little bit undersized, but I think that lineup could work for the Iowa Hawkeyes next year. Now, if you want to work on getting one of those big guys in, what does that look like, right? What if Josh Ogundale does develop the way we hope he does? What if Riley Mulvey just takes over the world by storm like Hunter Dickinson? I don't expect that to happen. I expect Riley to probably get between five and seven minutes a game. But what if Josh does get into shape and can be conditioned? Well, you got to get Keegan and Philippe on the floor at the same time. They have to be in that starting lineup. So to me, what that looks like is more than likely Joe T at the point. You got Connor at the two, Keegan at the three, Philippe at the four, and Josh at the five. Now, Connor at the two is more just in in name and spirit. Connor would be handling the ball, um, but he has to improve his outside shot to make that lineup work. But there's a lot of interesting things you could do here. You could also go a little bit big across the whole lineup. With Joe T at the point, but then you kind of get a little bit bigger from there. And again, when I say Joe T, I think you can substitute Aaron Euless in and out with him as well. Um, I think they're going to probably split minutes a little bit closer than what we'd anticipate. More of the probably 60-40 split, in my personal opinion, depending on how Joe T is playing at that time. But you could have Joe T or Aaron at that one. Maybe Chris Murray at the two, PMAC at the three, Keegan at the four, and Philippe at the five. Now you're getting four guys in that 6'8 range that are all, well, I mean, PMAC is actually six foot and listed at six foot nine, but you're getting four guys above six foot eight. That is a lot of length. And when you can consider their athleticism, that is going to be really tough for some teams to go against. They can get to the ball. They can play very solid defense. So I think what we saw last year was a very strong shooting team. When their shot wasn't falling, they were not able to back it up with their defense. But we've seen that second string be a phenomenal defensive unit. We even saw Fran literally do mass substitutions at the end of the games to get a good defense in and a good offense in. He doesn't have to do that this year because that lineup is going to be strong defensively regardless. Now, when you go up against a big man, if you go up against a Travian Williams, if he does return, or even if a Kofi Coburn does return, I think you're going to have to rely on Josh Ogundale a little bit more, maybe a few more minutes for Riley Mulvey. So I think that lineup combos can definitely switch throughout the little be a little bit more matchup-based than maybe they were this year where... Iowa was going to trot out the same lineup every single time, right? There was no changes for that. Luka Garz is going to play, right? You're going to see J-Bo out there. You're going to see CJ. You're going to see Connor, and you're going to see Joe. Now, this gives them a little bit more flexibility, and they're going to have to be a little bit more flexible. I don't want a Philippe and Keegan going up against a, a Kofi as much if you have a Josh who can just play defense against him and then work with the other guys to be big-time scorers. 
So to me, that's going to be really interesting to see how how Fran McCaffrey balanced that lineup. And again, they could add another shooting guard. But when people look at the, and say the sky is falling because C.J. Frederick left, yes, is C.J. Frederick leaving a big loss? Without a doubt. But is C.J. Frederick leaving a atomic type of loss that's going to ruin this team? Not at all. And I feel even better knowing that Philippe Bracca is back as or is joining the team as well. I think that combo of Philippe and Keegan could be murder's row for some teams. That athleticism and that length. And again, Patrick McCaffrey, if he can continue to improve on his shooting, will be huge. Tony Perkins is a guy, in my opinion, that's going to break out next year because what we saw in spurts from him got me real freaking excited. He's a guy who can attack the rim and get there in a hurry. So can Joe T. I mean, we're going to start getting a little bit more dynamic guard play than what we have in the past. Now you might be asking, what do we do if J-Bo returns? Well, I think if J-Bo returns, I think he takes over that shooting guard spot and I think him and Tony Perkins will split some minutes. Um, but I think J-Bo can handle the point. That's not a problem at all. But um, I think that actually J-Bo returning probably puts him in a better spot from a lineup perspective. If you look at you know what happened a couple years ago, um, J-Bo and Joe, Joe T were kind of you know playing that point guard, shooting guard spot. And I think J-Bo can play that shooting guard spot pretty well, being a spot-up shooter, kind of like a C.J. Frederick. Now he's not as good defensively. That does hurt your lineup a little bit. Um, but again, when you have such strong defenders across the other four spots, that does make you a strong defensive team regardless. So that'll be really interesting to me. When you look at what Kempom did too, or what Kempom did a really good job of breaking down like what their most common lineups were, um, that, would be, that would be a very interesting lineup for Iowa because they didn't have this combo out there very often. When you look at Joe T's lineup, it was Joe T, Joe, D- Joe W, Patrick, and Keegan. Patrick at the three, Keegan at the four, Luca. I'm trying to see if they ever had that lineup combo out there, actually. Yeah, no. Um, last year, they did. out of all their top ten lineups, they never had any of the lineup combos I just talked about. Obviously, substituting Philippe with Luca. But they did not have any of those lineup combos out there at any given time. So you're going to be having a, an entirely fresh lineup that we haven't really seen before. That will be very interesting to see how that gels early on in the season and going forward throughout the season. Coming up, though, on segment number three, we're going to talk about the recruits that Iowa football and basketball have extended offers to and what that means for the teams. That's all coming up on segment number three. We're also going to get into the one Iowa women's basketball player that did decide to leave the program and, and most likely speculating as to why. Before we get into that, though, i got to tell you about Built Bar because Built Bar is the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. It has so many fantastic flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. they got some fruity flavors and they got some sweet flavors, whatever you want, you can get at BuiltBar.com. These bars are soft and easy to chew, and I'm not kidding. They really do taste just like a candy bar. My favorite part about these candy bar tasting protein bars is the fact they are very healthy for you. With the cookies and cream Built Bar, you get 17 grams of protein packed in a 130-calorie bar with 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of net carbs. It is perfect for the keto diet for any man or woman. And if you want to try these Built Bars, we have a fantastic offer for you today. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is happening now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lockenfora, and Brian Baldinger. Brian Baldinger. Our local experts for every team making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast at. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A U D. 
A-C-Y. You got to check it out, though. I absolutely love the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021. It's been a lot of fun listening into it. Again, no Iowa football players this year, but they will be back next year. I can assure you with that. We'll be talking about that with an early look to next year, either on next week's episodes or the week after that, after the draft has concluded. So, Let's get into the final segment of this Friday morning show. And I want to talk to you about some of the offers that were recently extended by the Iowa basketball and Iowa football team. Let's get into the Iowa football team because we've been covering football a lot the last couple days. And we talked about what Brian Barron said in his press conference. He said, with the transfer portal, you want to bolster your roster, not build your roster. And very coincidentally timed, Iowa extends an offer to FCS defensive tackle John Ridgeway. Now, you might not know who that is, but I can assure you this is going to be a big-time player. Currently at Illinois State, 6'6", 325 pounds, was an FCS All-American as a freshman. This year, 22 tackles, 3 tackles for a loss, and an interception in just 4 games with the Redbirds, um, the Illinois State Redbirds. And he has generated a lot of interest. There is a lot of offers coming his way right now. I mean, there are teams from all over the country wanting to get their hands on John Ridgeway. Now, when you think about this, you're like, well, haven't you been saying, Andrew, that Iowa's been doing pretty well at the defensive line? Yeah, they have. They have been doing pretty well. I thought their defensive line has been looking pretty good, and everything we hear is that this line can step up, and they have some young guys, especially Y.A. Black is a guy next to Noah Shannon that I was very interested in seeing. But I would say this is less an indictment of of those guys and more of the fact that Iowa knows they need to have some depth. A lot of these guys have been struggling with injuries. If you can get a guy like John Ridgway in there, now look at what Iowa has done in the past. They got Zach Van Valkenburg and Jack Heflin. These are guys who people didn't know a lot about. They came in and they've been big-time players for the Hawks. Jack Heflin gave Iowa some fantastic minutes last year. Zach Van Valkenburg was all Big Ten and came back and has been giving Iowa some fantastic minutes. So, you got to take a chance when you see it. Iowa has that opportunity with John Ridgway. And when I mention the fact that he's getting offers from all over the place, let me just tell you about the last couple days. Tennessee, ASU, Iowa, Penn State. Let me see if there's any more. That Oh, Texas, um, Indiana, Arkansas. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of, that's some pretty big time offers. For an Illinois State grad or an Illinois State player. Man, some of the words today are just not coming out well. But again, Iowa should be in the running for this guy. Iowa has been doing a phenomenal job of producing NFL-level defensive linemen. If he wants to continue his development, you got to check out Iowa. And clearly, Iowa feels like they have a shot. They're not just a team that's going to willy-nilly offer you a scholarship. They feel like he has an opportunity to help bolster that roster, not necessarily build that roster. And I'm very excited to see if he can get on that team. It'd be huge. And again, I don't think that's an indictment of YA Black um, I or any of the guys, Logan Jones, um, Ethan Herker, uh, Louis Stecky. You know, I think this is just a, a opportunity to grab a solid player who can fill a depth role and possibly be a starter as well at the University of Iowa. So we'll keep you posted if we hear any more on that and what he's kind of looking at from an interest perspective. On the basketball front, Josh Dix has received an offer from the University of Iowa. This was basically an offer in the ma- in the waiting. We knew this was probably going to come at some point. Iowa has been sniffing around Josh Dix for quite some time. The Council Bluffs Abraham, 6'4", 180-pound guard. His recruiting has really picked up steam the last couple days. He picked up offers from Wake Forest and Purdue, and this just got his offer from the University of Iowa. And I would argue that Iowa is very, very high on his list. He even said as much. He said... 
it was huge. I've wanted to get that one for a while. I've been talking to them for a while since like freshman year. So it's been a long time. It was very exciting. That quote came directly from 24 seven sports. So I want to give them credit there, but awesome stuff for Josh Dix. He also said, and this was again from 24 seven sports. Um, as you know, right here on the show, I love giving kudos to where kudos is doing. They do a phenomenal job, David and Sean over there. But Dix also said, you know, what Fran McCaffrey told him was that he said that he likes my versatility and that I'm not one specific player on the team. I can take a little part of everybody's game on the team and put it together and create. I have a lot of versatility and I can come on the ball and play off the ball. And again, what I think Josh Dix adds is a lot of length and size at that six foot four. You can play that both guard spots and he's a phenomenal defender and can handle the rock. That to me would be something Iowa could really benefit from. Josh Dix currently a three-star prospect, the 168th prospect in the nation and this is a big time offer, and I think Iowa has a really good chance of nab, you know, grabbing this guy. Uh, clearly, he's very impressed with what Iowa does, and he was excited about that offer. I think it's only a matter of time before Josh Dix becomes the latest commit to the University of Iowa. Now, on the women's basketball front, we did lose a player, Lauren Jensen, a 2020 recruit from Lakeville, Minnesota. She only got in one game this past year, and she decided to enter the transfer portal. I wish her the best of luck. Hope she can find a good home that fits her well. Um, my opinion on this, this is just speculation, but when Kylie Farabach decided to commit to the University of Iowa, that meant less playing time, even more so, right? Because all the eligibility is still there for Kylie and for Caitlin, and there's still a couple more years left on the other women in the lineup, obviously looking at Gabby and Kate, it's going to be tough for Lauren to get in the in the lineup anytime soon. So I wish Lauren the best of luck wherever she ultimately goes. That does do it for our show today. Again, thank you all for tuning in. I appreciate the love, the listenership, and the constant support of the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. We'll be back on Monday. And if you love the show, please make sure to give us that five-star review wherever you downloaded this podcast at so other people can find the show and love and listen to their Iowa Hawkeye daily podcast called the Locked on Hawkeyes podcast. Have a fantastic Friday, an even better weekend, and let's go Hawks.